Hallelujah. Wow, it's great to be with you guys this morning. It's been a while since I was here. You've had a lot of changes since I was here. I've had a lot of changes since I was here. But you know, if you're not changing, if you're not growing, that's right. And uh, it's so good to be here. Pastor read that scripture. It's uh, interesting. We were talking before church once years ago. Uh, they gave me a ministry assessment test to see whether I best suited as a prophet or a pastor or a teacher or an evangelist or apostle. And uh, you could score one to five on each category, and I scored two on all five categories. What I found out was I can do anything, I just don't do it well. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'd forgotten uh, if this was a church where you could be untied, and so I came a little overdressed this morning. But We showed up at a church in, back in September. I'm going to have to start sending out cards, I think, and see... Uh, what the dress code is. We showed up at a church out in California in September, and I'm thinking California, you know, if you're, if people are liberal anywhere, it's California. So I came, we had a three-day meeting, and I came on Friday night in jeans and a sports coat, and I was the only guy there without a tie. I mean, babies in that church had neckties. It was, <laughs> it was just crazy. And so the next day, I went to Goodwill and bought a necktie, so I could, I could at least halfway fit into that group. But uh, since then, I've tried to wear a tie most everywhere I go, so I don't get in trouble. But uh, I told him about a guy that went to restaurants when uh, I showed up without the tie. He went to a restaurant to eat, a fancy restaurant, and they, he had to have a tie to eat there. And so he come to the door, and the maitre d' said, I'm sorry you can't eat here because you don't have a tie. And he said, but I'm hungry, and I, I'd like to eat. I've heard this place is good. He said, well, I'm sorry. We have a rule. You can't eat here without a tie. And he said, well, I don't have a tie. And the guy said, well, maybe you got a tie in your car. So he went out to the car, and he looked around. And he came back. He said, listen, I don't have a tie. And the guy said, you got to have a tie. Can't eat here without a necktie. And he went back to the car, and he looked in the trunk, and he had jumper cables in the trunk. And <laughs> So he took the jumper cables and tied them in a tie knot and tied them around his neck and come back to the door. And, and the guy said, that's not a tie. That's jumper cables. He said, man, it's all I've got. And I, I'm really hungry. Could I just come on and eat? And he looked at him a while and he said, well, all right, I'll let you in. But don't you try to start anything. Oh, oh come on. That was better than that. Come on. Come on. Well, I've showed up this morning to try to start something. There's no doubt about that. We're just so pleased to be here and to be back with you. I want to introduce you to my wife, Linda. Linda and I just celebrated our 40th anniversary last week. Lest you get the wrong idea, that's 40 months. We've been married for 40 months. Uh, we decided at our age, if we don't celebrate every month, we're not ever going to have a golden anniversary. So we're, we're celebrating every month. And uh, the last time I was here, I was widowed and and now I have a wonderful, beautiful companion to help me in the work of the ministry. And, uh, and uh, I appreciate her so much. If she ever leaves, I'm going with her. I'm just not, not going to stand for that. Praise the Lord. Our websites are up here on the board. The good news is we've got websites. The bad news is none of them is working right now. If you, if you try to look at them, they're not working. But hopefully they'll all be up and running tomorrow. We, we've uh, outgrew our 
our hosting site, and so we had to move to another site, and everything's been migrated to another site, and we've been out of the country, and we couldn't oversee that, and so hopefully tomorrow we'll get everything up and running, but I wanted to particularly tell you about this website that's called Pentecostal Gold. About five, six years ago, the Lord laid it on my heart to start an audio archive of classic Pentecostal preaching. And so we started collecting uh, cassette tapes from different ones and, and uh, putting those together and putting them online. And today we have uh, over 1,600, about 1,650 classic Pentecostal sermons online, about 170 preachers, uh, the greatest Pentecostal preachers that ever lived, A.A. A. Allen and Jack Cole and Amy Sippel McPherson and Burt Clinton and Brother Swaggart, David Wilkerson. I mean, there's just hundreds and hundreds of sermons. You can listen to them for hours at a time. It's all free. All you have to do is get on your computer or your smartphone and go to PentecostalGold.com and start listening anytime. And, and uh, we feel like it's probably the the greatest resource that we've been able to give to the church to have these uh, great sermons available, and you can, you can certainly take advantage of that. Linda and I just got back from Brazil. Uh, we were in uh, Santa Ines, Brazil, last week. Uh, this is last Saturday night. This is uh, the crowd in Santa Ines, and we saw in our three-day uh, Harvest Revival Crusade, we saw 3,400 people uh, make a decision for Christ for the first time. 3,400 people. The local churches have already followed up on every one of those people. Every one of them filled out a card with their name on it. And local churches have already been busy. They started the very next day following up on all of these people. We were so blessed. 3,400 came to Christ in the crusade. We preached uh, the Word of God in 12 different schools and uh, very open to us there. We, we preached the Word of God in, uh, in, in almost every school. I guess, uh, I guess total, man, I'm afraid to guess. You think probably 2,000 people or more, 2,000 or more students in all of those schools and almost every one of them raised their hand in every school to receive Christ and to, and to pray a prayer with us. It was awesome, just absolutely awesome. Had a kids crusade and, and uh, those numbers aren't included in that either. Had a leadership conference, probably had over 100 people baptized in the Holy Spirit last Wednesday night in the leadership conference. It's just a great week. Brother Swaggart gave us Bibles. We had 800 Bibles to give away to pastors and leaders and uh, it's just a wonderful week, and uh, we're, we're still tired, but we are excited about what God did in Santa Ines, Brazil. We do uh, crusades every year. Uh, that's uh, the focus uh, of our evangelistic ministry. We were in Ethiopia in January. as a crusade in Ethiopia. We saw 2,467 people come to Christ in Ethiopia, first-time decisions for Christ. Last year, we saw over 6,000 come to Christ in our crusade in Ethiopia. Our greatest, our greatest meeting yet was in a place called Meta, Kenya, Ethiopia, and over 40,000 people made a decision for Christ in Meta, Kenya, Ethiopia in three days crusade. Somebody say, praise God. Praise God. I'm telling you, if that don't excite you, I don't know what would. It, it excites me every time I think about what God has done. I, I'm... Uh, I've been preaching for over 50 years, and I know I am certainly in the last quarter of life, 
But in this last quarter, God has helped us to reach more people for Christ than we've done in all the other years of our ministry put together. And uh, we're, just, uh, we're just so thankful to God. If you ever want to go on a great trip, Grayson wants to go. If you ever want to go on a great trip, you're invited to go. We take a team every year. We took uh, two couples from Houston with us to uh, Brazil this year. Took uh, several with us to Ethiopia. We always take a team, and you're welcome to come and join us and see what God's doing. See tremendous miracles. This woman was uh, uh, a cancer patient. She had cancer in both breasts. She had been to the hospital. She still had the hospital tag around her arm. I've got a, a video of her testimony. She's got the hospital tag and got the port in her arm where they were to give her chemotherapy. And the Lord touched her on the field out there in Ethiopia and took the tumors away and took the cancer away and uh, set her free. We just see amazing things. As a, as this is the most exciting thing I guess we saw in Brazil this week. Saw a lot of miracles. But one fellow was a, a soccer player when he was young, a professional soccer player. And he got sick. He couldn't, he couldn't play soccer. And uh, he was about 80 years old, but God touched him, and he was up there kicking all over that all over that stage, uh, giving glory to God. So God's good, isn't He? Yes. Everybody say God's good. God's yes, He is all the time, all the time. So we ask you to please pray for us as we travel around the world preaching the gospel. We do these crusades. We also do other meetings. We were in Turkey in September. And we're going to be, uh, God willing, next year in Poland and different places. And so you, you remember us in your prayers. And there's some prayer cards on our book table. If you want to take one of those to remember, we appreciate it. And as for the book table, very quickly, uh, share a little bit with you. Uh, this is the newest book I wrote. It's called Kansas City, Here We Come. And it's about the men that led the Pentecostal Church of God back in the 1940s. Some tremendous men, great stories, great faith in God great things that God did through these powerful men. And uh, that was out there on the table, the newest one. This is the next to the newest book I wrote. It's called Have We Lost Our Mind? And it's one of my favorites because it talks about commitment to Christ. <clears throat> you know, we live in a Christian society today where they tell you it doesn't cost anything to be a Christian. Don't you ever believe that? It'll cost you everything to be a Christian doesn't cost you anything to get saved, but if you follow Jesus, it'll cost you everything. He said, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know what sacrifices do? They die. That's exactly right. Have We Lost Our Mind is the name of this one. And then we got a, a dozen books on the Azusa Street Revival. This is one we got a, a special we're doing that any book that you buy on the table, you can get this book for a dollar. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? Uh, just for a buck, you can buy this one. I think this book is 12 bucks on Amazon, but you can buy it on the table, I think, for five, if I remember right. So you buy this one for five, you get this one for a dollar, give somebody Christmas, and they'll think you paid $13 for it. <laughs> oh, come on. You know that's what you do. <laughs> You're not going to give them the good book. <clears throat> Let me see. I want to give this book away to somebody. Uh, who can show me? Who's the first person to show me a pocket knife? All right, I see it. Come on, brother. This is yours. <clears throat> I did that one time in Houston, pretty good-sized church, and not one man in the church had a pocket knife. Yeah, finally a woman pulled a pocket knife out of her church, out of her purse. I was so embarrassed for the men in that church. It's like, man, what happened to masculinity in Houston? Yeah. Amen. Now, I want to give this one to the first person to show me some juicy fruit gum. 
Juicy fruit. All right. Big red. What's wrong, you people? What are you chewing, brother? Uh, dentine. That's close enough. That's Big Red's brother, isn't it? All right. Who's got peanut butter crackers? Are there no mothers in this church with children? Y'all on a fast? All right. Who's got an American flag in your pocket or your purse? Who's got an American flag? Any kind. Man, you're not patriotic either. Oh, yeah, that'll work. That'll work. I hear you guys were womb mates. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. All right. So all the books are on the table, and Linda will try to get back there after the service. Let's turn to the book of Galatians. We lived in, uh, I lived in Pensacola for 17 years. As Pastor said, I moved down there and worked at the Browns Revival School of Ministry and preached there at the church a number of times. But uh, uh, Linda and I got married, and she was living in Houston. And so we moved to Houston and uh, you know the Katy Freeway is the widest road in the world. I think it's 28 lanes, counting the express lanes and the service roads. 28 lanes, the Katy Freeway. And I decided I didn't like Houston. <laughs> Took me an hour sometimes to get to the post office and back. And we lived in Katy, or by Richmond actually, next to Katy, and. And it would take us an hour and a half sometimes or longer to get to the airport. We live in Houston. It'd take an hour to get to Houston. Y'all know what I'm saying? So we moved back to our home area, Duncan, Oklahoma. We were both raised in Comanche. We moved back to Duncan, Oklahoma back in June, and we are so happy. There is so much traffic there. One day I pulled out from our road and hit the stop sign and had to wait on three cars. I thought, man, what is this all about? What's going on in Duncan? But I'm living a half mile from where I was born and a couple of miles from where I've got a grave plot bought. So I'm, I'm, I'm back home. I'm back home. Oh, yeah, Galatians. I better find that. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to be here this morning. It's a joy. I'm sorry you don't feel well, but I'm glad you're not having to preach this morning. Amen. Yeah. I don't know what it feels like for your head to feel like a bowling ball. My head's, my head's never, I've never felt like a bowling ball before, but it's got to be bad. <laughs> Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. Paul says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. So these people heard the gospel but Paul is bewildered by the fact that they've so quickly moved away from it. He said in verse 7, which is not another. In other words, you're believing another gospel, but it's not really another gospel because there is no other gospel. But there be some that trouble you who would pervert the gospel of Christ. 
He said, but though we or an angel from heaven, weigh on that a minute, preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have, we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. If, if Gabriel or Michael, if one of the angels came down to this church next Sunday and preached a gospel to you, that was not the same as the gospel of this book, Michael and Gabriel would be a liar. They would be cursed. Or if anyone else stands in this pulpit and preaches any other gospel to you than this gospel, Paul said, let them be accursed. Even if I preach another gospel, let him be accursed because there is no other gospel. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning. Lord, we're excited to be here. We're excited to know what you're going to do this morning. We're excited to know that lives are going to be changed today. Lord, we ask you to help us today. We ask you, Lord, that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would be heavy on us and heavy on this congregation, Lord. Lord, we ask you today in Jesus' name to fulfill every vision of this church. God, it's exciting to walk on property where there's vision and where great things are about to happen. Let all of them be done, Lord, according to your glory and in your name, Lord. And bless this meeting today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I was in Alaska a year ago in January. Now, I know you're not supposed to be in Alaska in January, but that's when they invited me. So I was in Anchorage in January. Believe it or not, it was warmer there than it was in Duncan that week. But uh, I was preaching in Anchorage. I was preaching in this great church up there. It's a, it's a really good church, and a, a, they have a Holy Spirit conference every year, and I've been invited to that. But it's a real missions-minded church. Everywhere you go in the church, it speaks of missions. Every decoration, everything speaks of missions. And, and they don't just talk missions, and they don't just give to missions, but they participate in missions. They, they bring people from other countries to Alaska, and they visit other countries to, as teams from the church. So they're really, they're really, really a missions church doing the work of God. And, and they, they were bringing this pastor. The uh, pastor of the church brought this pastor from Africa. And uh, this, this guy was a big deal. I mean, he, he wasn't just anybody. He was a big deal. He, he was the head of the Assemblies of God in his country. That would be like the general superintendent for his country in Africa. But he, more than that, he was the head of the Assemblies of God for the whole continent of Africa. And I'm telling you, that is a really, really big deal. There's so many more Assembly of God people in Africa than there are in America. It's just, I preached in Nigeria a few years ago. They have five million Assembly of God people in Nigeria. That's twice many, more than twice as many as they have in the United States. And uh, so it's a great big deal. But, but he was bigger than that. He, he was over the entire... African Union of Pentecostal Churches. He was, he was like the Pope of Africa. And, and so he'd come to Alaska to visit his pastor. And these African pastors love fried chicken. Now, I, I know some of you look at me and say, well, isn't, isn't that kind of a racist statement? Come on, get over that kind of silly nonsense. Cajuns like crawdads and Texans like barbecue. Oklahomans like armadillos and Africans like fried chicken. Well, they, they love fried chicken, and so he's going to take him to eat chicken. 
and he took him to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Where else are you going to go to get good chicken? You know what I'm saying? He took him to the colonel, and they walked in, and when he did, the little girl's behind the counter, and, and uh, he's, he's explaining to her how important this man is and went through the pedigree that I went through with you. He's a big shot in Africa, and he's a big shot in the Assemblies of God, and he's a big deal. And he said, and I've brought him right here to your restaurant so that he could eat fried chicken. And the little girl looked across the counter at the pastor, and she said, we're out of chicken. <laughs> out of chicken. I don't think y'all understand what I'm saying. Kentucky Fried Chicken run out of chicken. When Kentucky Fried Chicken runs out of chicken, McDonald's run out of chicken nuggets, you can still get a double cheeseburger. Dairy Queen run out of chicken strips, you can still get a foot-long hot dog. Long John Silver's run out of chicken, you can still eat fish, but man, I'm telling you, when KFC runs out of chicken, you might as well go home. A chicken place without chicken is just a place. And that was just a place that completely run out of chicken over in England. I don't know if you heard about it, but uh, sometime last year in England, the entire country, the Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC, ran out of chicken all over England. They put up this sign on the door that says, we deliver our chicken fresh into our restaurants, but we've had a few hiccups with the delivery. A few hiccups with the delivery. What if it's your job? You're the guy that's supposed to buy chicken for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Do you just forget to order chicken? Oh, yeah, I didn't order any chicken today. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all look at me like, it's the old proverbial saying, like a cow looks at a new gate. You know what I'm saying? They were out of chicken. It's a crisis when a chicken place runs out of chicken. There's not much more to worry about than running out of chicken. Unless there's a greater shortage, unless there's something more troublesome today, and that's where churches all across America, even around the world, are running out of gospel. It's one thing when a chicken place runs out of chicken, but what happens when a church runs out of gospel? I sitting at Whataburger here a while back and, and drinking my, oh man, Whataburger, isn't that a wonderful thing? And I was drinking my soda, my diet Dr. Pepper, and I look at the bottom of the cup and it says, when I am empty, please dispose of me properly. That's the sign, Pastor, that ought to be on every church. When I'm empty, please dispose of me properly. When a church is run out of gospel, you might as well close the door. When a church is run out of gospel, you might as well go home. There's no sense in still being there. And yet there's churches all across America that are no longer serving the gospel. They still got the doors open. They still got the lights on. They still got church on the sign. But there's no gospel there. How crazy is that? So many today are preaching a different gospel than the gospel we've always preached. Some of them are preaching a liberal gospel, and some of them are preaching a social gospel, and some of them are preaching a user-friendly gospel, and lots of them are preaching a watered-down gospel. But this is what Paul said in this book, if it's not the gospel, if it ain't the gospel that Paul preached, it's no gospel at all, because there's only one gospel, and that's the gospel that's proclaimed in this book I'm holding in my hand. When you're out of this, when you're out of gospel, you're just done. You might as well go home. I'm glad to report to you this morning. It is with joy that I tell you that I'm not out of chicken. 
I'm glad I can tell you that this church is not out of chicken. A lot of churches might have run out of chicken, but this church is still preaching the gospel. This church still has the same gospel that Paul preached. I'm glad to say that in this church, we've still got chicken. We've still got salvation in this church. I might say salvation by the blood of Jesus because there is no other salvation. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Praise God this morning. The blood of Jesus gives us a brand new life. It's going to be New Year's before you know it. And a lot of people are going to be turning over a new leaf. They don't need a new leaf. They need a new life. And the only way way to a new life is through Jesus Christ. We're still preaching salvation. I have a friend named David. David lives up in Comanche. He was raised in a little town called Corum, Oklahoma. If you don't know where Corum is, you won't ever find it because I don't think there's even a sign on the road that says Corum, but it's a little community out there. Uh, Pastor knows where it's at. And David was raised in Corum, raised in the Assembly of God Church out there in Corum. When he became a teenager, he's kind of wandered away from the Lord. You know, you know how some kids are. And uh, he went off to college and, and got into things he shouldn't have got into. He got to drinking and carrying on. And, and uh, one night he was out drunk and driving his car and those uh, formidable blue lights came on behind him and uh, he found himself in a jail cell uh, drunk and having a DUI and uh, he wasn't planning on that that wasn't what he had for his future and he was in jail he woke up the next morning and he started to light up a cigarette and when he started to light it up the Lord spoke to him and said you smoke that cigarette and this is going to be your home for the rest of your life now I don't know what God ever said to you about smoking I know what he told David and David throwed that thing down said I don't want that and as soon as he got bailed out of jail, he headed for Comanche. And our little church, the church I was raised in, was having services on Wednesday night. And David came in the back door and pastor, Pastor Ernest Rowland was up leading the service. And Brother Rowland was taking prayer requests. Y'all remember prayer requests? Anybody have a special need tonight? And when he started taking prayer requests, David stood up and said, I don't know if this is the right time or not, but I need to get saved. How many of you know there's no wrong time to get saved? If, if you're in this church this morning, if you're here right now and you need to get saved, I'm telling you, I don't have to finish this sermon. We don't have to do anything. If you need to get saved, we'll stop everything because God stops everything when somebody needs to get saved. And David came to that altar and gave his heart to Jesus Christ and he's still serving the Lord today. I'm telling you, he got saved. I'm glad that church on that Wednesday night had some salvation. I'm glad they weren't out of chicken. I'm glad somebody could come and find a place where they could have brand new life. Thank God we've still got salvation in the house. Oh, Linda and I have a dear friend down in Houston. He's getting way up in years now. Dr. Charles Maskire. Dr. Maskire was a professor of psychology at the University of Texas at Austin and then, a, and then chair of psychology in Houston. And a great man. He was a young man studying psychology. 
and Billy Graham was just starting his great ministry. It had a, it had a great extended revival in Los Angeles and, and had made national headlines and he moved to New York and he was having his first meeting in Madison Square Garden and Charles went to hear Billy Graham preach. This was back in the 50s and Charles went to hear Billy Graham preach and, and uh, he didn't want to go to hear the gospel. He wanted to go because he was studying psychology and he wanted to see what it was that made people respond to that invitation, this mass hysteria, this group hysteria that caused people to respond to Billy Graham. He said he was there the first night and Billy Graham preached. Uh, Charles got as high up as he could in the arena, in the very last row at the, and he said Billy Graham preached and when he did, he felt such a conviction from the Holy Spirit that he couldn't hardly resist it. He had to hold on to the, to the rail in front of him to keep from going to the altar, and, but he did resist and he went back the next night studying the crowd, the next several nights he went and finally one night he, he had noticed that this, the same appeal that he had the first night wasn't there. It was getting less and weaker each time he was there and he showed up one night and he brought his girlfriend she's she's now Mrs. Myskyer and and he brought her to the meeting and she's listened to Billy Graham and as soon as he gave the invitation she jumped up a Presbyterian preacher's daughter that needed Jesus and she jumped up and went down to the front to get saved and left Charles sitting there by himself and and while he's sitting there he's thinking and he thought you know this might be real and, and he said Lord if if I could feel what I felt on that first night if I if I could feel that same conviction I felt on that first night, I believe I'd go. And oh, all of a sudden, you know how good God is. All of a sudden, there was this flood of Holy Ghost conviction that came over Charles. And, and he stood to his feet to go down to the front. And when he did, he realized the altar call was over. Billy Graham had finished the invitation. Nobody was moving. Everybody that was coming was already coming. They'd already moved their way to the front. And here's Charles missed his last opportunity there in that meeting. And Billy Graham looked up at the top of that Madison Square Garden and said, Sir, we've got time for you. We've got time for you. Come on down. And he went down that day and gave his heart to Jesus and been serving Jesus all these many, many 60-something years. Aren't you glad that Billy Graham never run out of chicken? I'm telling you, until the day that great evangelist went home to be with Jesus, he was still offering salvation. Oh, whosoever will can come and drink freely of these waters of life. I'm glad this morning that this is a church that's still preaching the gospel that Paul preached. I'm glad this is a church that's still offering chicken to those that are hungry. A church that's still offering Jesus. You know, I know churches, Pentecost, Assemblies of God churches that go week after week after week and never even give an invitation for people to get saved. What do we think people are going to do? Just get Jesus by osmosis? No, you've got to receive him as your savior and we're offering that to you today. There's salvation in this house. Oh, praise God. I'm glad we're not out. I'm glad we're not out of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're still Pentecostal here. I like it when pastor says to me when I come in, we're Pentecostal. We're still Pentecostal in this house. I, I'm still a Pentecostal evangelist. I, I, I tell people I'm a hard shell holy roller. I'm, I am a spirit baptized Pentecostal evangelist. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not Baptist. Listen, I, I'm not against Baptist. My wife was a Baptist, but I'm not against Baptist, but I'm not Baptist. I'm a tongue talker. I'm, I'm Holy Ghost filled. And we still got it in this house. You know, it's a funny thing about people. People aren't offended by the Holy Spirit. You can go to any church. You can go to the deadest church in this city. You can go to the, the LGBTQ ABCDFG church in this city. And they'll sing 
Praise God from whom all blessings flow, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Nobody's offended that about the Holy Ghost. It's just when it's that speaking in tongues. That's what offends people. Oh, no, that might be for you, but I'm not sure it's for me. Or I love this. Somebody says, well, I received the Holy Ghost, but I didn't speak in tongues. Well, how do you know you received the Holy Ghost? Well, I had this warm feeling come over me. Listen, at Christmas, I was watching It's a Wonderful Life on television, and a warm feeling came over me, but it wasn't the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I spoke in tongues just like they did in this book. There is no other gospel. This, this is the same gospel. Are y'all, hallelujah, anybody with me this morning? Amen. We still have that here. Yes. Linda and I were preaching. We went down to Belize, and uh, I had been to this church like 20 years before, and I'd told her about this church. It's out on an island, San Pedro Island, and uh, they'd built a new building. I was, I was kind of disappointed. Well, I was glad they got a new building, but I was kind of disappointed she didn't get to be in the old one because the old building was a purple building. Now, I'm not kidding you. It was purple. It wasn't, it wasn't lavender. or It was purple. The walls were purple. The ceiling was purple. The whole church was purple. It was, it was the purple people leaders church, I'm telling you. It was, it was a purple, purple church. They had a dove on the front wall. and uh, it's, In fact, it's on the, on the front of one of my books. I got permission to use it. But they had a dove on the front wall. The dove's white, but it's purple going all out from the dove. There was an artist in that church that uh, is an internationally known artist, and she had drawn that picture. Well, she wasn't there the night that I preached. She was in New York uh, doing something with her art business, but her husband was there. And uh, he came in. I'm telling you, this is a church out on an island, similar God church out on an island. And uh, he came in. He had on shorts, and he was barefoot. And, and uh, I preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I gave an invitation when I got through. And he came up to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, and I'm telling you what. God baptized him in the Holy Ghost. He, he didn't get a half dose. He went all the way. He stood on that platform and spoke in tongues and preached in tongues. I don't know who he was preaching to. Don't think anybody there understood him. But he preached in tongues and he'd point his finger and he'd shout and he'd jump. And I don't know for how long, for an hour at least, he just stood there just so full of the Holy Ghost. You know what I found out that night? I found out no shoes, no shirt, still got service. If you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the house, God comes down. Aren't you glad we're not out of chicken? Aren't you glad that we're still offering a world that needs power, the baptism of the Holy Ghost that the Lord said, when you receive this, you'll receive power, and you need that power this morning? Glory to God. Linda and I were preaching in, in Sunderland, Oregon. We, we hadn't even been married but a year, and we took off on a trip. We went to, to California. We preached. We left Houston in the car, and we went to California and preached in California. We went up and preached in Oregon. We preached in Washington. We went through Montana and, and all of those places. Preached in Utah. was in Idaho when they had the big eclipse. and Then we went up to North and South Dakota and come down through Colorado and come 2,500 miles, I think it was, that we drove in three weeks, and we never had a fight. We knew we was going to make it. We knew it was going to make our golden anniversary after that week, but we were in Sunderland, Oregon on a Wednesday night, and I was teaching on Azusa Street. I think I did that last time I was here, but I was teaching on Azusa Street, and after the service, it was drier than shucks. Y'all ever been in a dry service? You have a good service, and people hang around, you know, and they linger in the service and shake hands. You have a dry service, and... And you can't lock the door quick enough. I mean, people, it's like a vacuum cleaner sucks them out of the building. 
I had one pastor tell me he was in service one night and he bowed his head to say the dismissal prayer. When he opened his eyes, the building was empty. Everybody, everybody slipped out while he prayed that prayer. Well, this night was dry, and, and I, I gave an invitation. Anybody want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'll do that this morning. But on that Wednesday night, nobody responded, and I wasn't surprised by that. It was dry. And then after the service, two women come up to me and, and said, uh, my friend wants you to pray for her. And I said, well, what does she need? And she says, she wants the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm thinking, well, why didn't she come up here when I asked her to? But anyway, I'm, I'm generous, so I'm going to pray for her. And we prayed for her. I gave her a little instruction, and we prayed for her. Just a, just a little short prayer. We just didn't stand there very long at all. And all of a sudden, she's praising God in other tongues. God had baptized her in the Holy Ghost. And wow, that's exciting. When you're in a dead, dry church and somebody gets the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's exciting. But that's only half the story. We, we found out afterwards that that lady was 88 years old. 88 years old, she had been raised in the assemblies of God, and she had been seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost all of her life. All of her life, she had been wanting to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, and that night at 88 years old, God baptized her in the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you, when a church has got chicken, it doesn't matter if you're 8 years old or 88 years old, God can baptize you in the Holy Ghost. God can fill you with this wonderful, precious Holy Spirit. Whoo, I love it, don't you? I love it. This is the God gospel. We've not run out of chicken. Hallelujah. This church has still got chicken. Oh, let me tell you something else. I'm glad we've still got healing in this house. I'm glad we still have healing in this house. Let me add healing by his stripes. For he laid stripes on his back that we might be healed. I believe in healing this morning. If you've got sickness in your body, I believe I serve a God that's able to heal you. I don't believe I can heal anybody. I don't believe anybody can heal anybody, but I believe he can heal everybody. He's a wonderful and powerful God. He's a great healer. A lot of churches have run out of healing chicken. They won't even pray for the sick anymore. They prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed and they got discouraged and quit praying for the sick. Back in the early days of Pentecost, we used to put it on our signs, on our signs on the highway. It'd say, Jesus saves and heals. Jesus saves and heals. What's wrong with that today? Jesus still saves and heals. Oh, I'm glad there's still a healer in the house. Oh, I know some churches say, well, there's been no healings since the book of Acts. They'll tell you that when the book of Revelation was finished, that ended all miracles. Or when the last apostle died, that ended all miracles. You're too late to tell me that. Because when I was born, I was born club-footed. And the doctors said I'd never walk normally, that I'd have to have braces on my feet, that I'd have to have surgeries. And my church was in revival. I can literally say I was born in revival. Because my church was in revival when I was born. And they went to God in prayer for me, and before I ever, ever left the hospital, God turned my deformed feet and healed me, and every time I take a step, it says he still heals. He still heals. You might tell me he doesn't heal, but I'm not out of chicken. You may have run out, but I'm still selling chicken this morning. I still believe that Jesus saves, and Jesus heals, and Jesus baptizes in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. I'm glad I'm in a church that believes that. At least one or two of you do. I can tell by the way you're responding. You say, well, I just don't understand everything there is to know about healing. Well, I don't either. I said, I don't either. I don't understand in the Bible when there was a pool that an angel would come down once a year and trouble the waters of that pool, and the first person that got in the water was healed. I don't understand that story, Pastor, but I believe it. 
I believe it. I, I don't understand why the angel didn't come down every day and trouble the water. I don't understand why the first 10 people in didn't get healed except the first one. But I don't know. I don't, listen, I don't understand how a brown cow can eat green grass and then give white milk that you turn into yellow butter and orange cheese. I just do not understand that. I know that's too deep theology for some of y'all, so I'm going to repeat it. I don't understand how a brown cow can eat green grass and give white milk that you make yellow butter and orange cheese out of it. But the fact that I don't understand it will not keep me from going to McDonald's and getting a double cheeseburger. I'm going to enjoy it whether I understand it or not. And I don't understand everything about healing. I don't understand why some people didn't get healed, but I know he's a healer, and I'm still going to preach it, and I'm still going to believe it, and I'm still going to pray for the sick. I'm still going to trust God. Oh, there's a healer in this house this morning. There's a healer in this house. I'm glad we hadn't run out of chicken. We we were on the field in Ethiopia. It's been two years ago. We was in a place, I can't tell you the name of it, Gasuba, Gasuba. And, And we set up a tent. We have a field out there, thousands of people, but we set up a tent for people that are just critically ill that they can be in that tent. It's terrible in there. I have to tell you, it's terrible. It's hot. It smells. And this mother brought her son, put him on a blanket, laid him on the ground in that tent. I don't know what was wrong with him. By her testimony, he hadn't moved in three days. When I say hadn't moved, I mean he hadn't, he hadn't blinked his eyes in three days. He was comatose, but beyond that, he was like paralytic. And she had dressed him and carried him and brought him to that crusade. Young man that was with us, in the meeting, I don't know. Do you know Tracy Hodges? Used to be in Comanche from a pastor in Alaska. Tracy Hodges was with us in that meeting, and, and Tracy went to pray for this boy, and he thought he died while he was praying for him. Boy, that won't lift your faith any. But the boy's breathing was so shallow that Tracy thought he had died while he was praying for him, thought he was gone. He told the boy's mother, we called them all back to the platform, and he told the boy's mother, he said, I'm going to be praying for your son all day. And he said, I believe he'll give a testimony tonight. I don't know if Tracy really believed that as much as if he wanted to encourage that mother to believe and have faith. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to help her. Well, by the grace of God, that very night, that boy stood on the platform, totally healed by the power of God. I said, totally healed by the power of God. I don't know what was wrong with him, but whatever it was, he was delivered from it. He stood up there and testified. I've been able, through the wonder of Facebook, to be able to, to talk to some of his friends in Gasuba, and the boy's doing great. There's nothing in the world wrong with him. He's just healthy as he can possibly be because God came down on that field. I'm so glad that we didn't run out of chicken before we got to him. I'm I'm so glad that God still has healing power. I'm so, oh, are you listening to me? I, I feel what I'm saying right now. Listen, I'm glad that when salvation, when I needed saving, that he hadn't run out right before he got to me. I'm glad when I, when I was praying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost at Turner Falls Youth Camp back in 1966, I'm glad he didn't run out before he got to me. I'm glad there was still some to give out, and I'm glad when it comes to healing, he's still got a supply today. He can still touch you and meet your need. We're not out this morning. We're still preaching this same gospel. It's not a different gospel. It is the gospel, and it will meet your needs this morning. Amen. Praise God. I, I, need to, I need to hurry. I need to finish up. Let me tell you that in the t- Tournament of Roses parade, how many of y'all ever watched that on TV? Back in the day, it was so beautiful. They'd make all these floats out of different flowers, and, and 
back before World War II, way back, in the in the Rose Bowl parade, they 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 were having their great parade, and and the, the floats are going down. I guess it's Main Street in Los Angeles, whatever street it was. They're going down the street, and all of a sudden, the parade stops. One of the floats stops. Y'all ever been in a parade? When somebody stops, everybody stops. When one float stops, every float stops. And one of the floats stopped in the parade and stopped the whole parade. The entire Rose Bowl parade came to a screeching halt because one of the floats ran out of gas. You'd think you ought to be prepared. But they've run out of gas, and it was Standard Oil's float. That's Chevron today. Chevron's float ran out of gas. Now, Chevron has got millions and millions and millions of gallons of gas. But for the lack of somebody putting one gallon of gas in the tank of that float, the float ran out of gas. That's the way it is in the bank of heaven. The Bible says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. You see, there's plenty of chicken up there. There's plenty of gas up there. There's plenty of whatever you need up there. The problem is people fail to take what's there and apply it to their own lives. God never runs out of salvation. He's got plenty. You just got to apply it to your life. God never runs out of baptizing people in the Holy Ghost. You've just got to apply it to your life. God never runs out of healing. You've just got to apply it to your life. Aren't you glad today we ain't out of chicken? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you this morning for this privilege to be here today. Lord, I thank you that you'd allow me the opportunity to preach your word. To remind us, Lord, how simple this gospel is and that we never depart from it. Lord, I pray for those that are here today with specific need. I pray for anybody here that's not serving you. Anybody here that doesn't know Jesus. I pray that today would be the day they'd make a decision for Christ. I pray for those that don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that today would be the day they could be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray for any that need healing in the house. I pray for pastor right now that you'd touch his body. Anyone that needs healing in this house, touch them and change their lives. In Jesus' name.